This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. This morning, I am speaking with Rick Rick Lazis, and we're waiting upon Seth Coach to join us for the Lennox Lewis Untold Story documentary on Crackle. Rick, how are you today? I'm well. How are you, RC? I am fantastic, man. I'm glad that you guys decided to tell the Lennox Lewis story. I mean, you know, you have Mike Tyson in here. You got Dr. Dre uh, from NWA fame and Beats Mobile and everything else that he's done in between. You know, the Chronic album and a million other things as the narrator. Um, you know, and I think Lennox Lewis... Oh, there's Seth. Hello, this is Seth. Hey Seth, you're you're just in the middle of the introduction, man. So uh, Seth uh, Koch or Coach? Cook. Seth Cook. All right. So Seth Cook has also now joined us. Um, we were Rick and I were just briefly speaking about the fact that uh, Lennox Lewis, uh, one of the greatest boxers of all time, but on, uh, on occasion underrated because he was one of the only fighters that actually fought tall. Um, you know, and he came right after the the height of the Mike Tyson era, which was. You know, Mike was the knockout artist. But Lennox had, you know, what was it, 32 of 44 fights with, uh, finished by knockout? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's interesting because one of the things that we explore in the movie is the question of who we examine as our heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Tyson is a household name, um, but not so many people know about Lennox Lewis, and yet, Lennox beat everyone he ever fought. Um, the, the two times that he lost, he re- recovered and, and beat them. And then finally, when he matched up with Mike Tyson, uh, he beat Mike Tyson. Um, but we seem to be attracted to the train wreck. Uh, um, <laughs> um, I, well, but Lennox's life wasn't that easy. As you point out in the documentary, I mean, he's this English kid that ends up in Canada, had a, had a struggling uh, childhood, uh, was taken away from his mother, you know, and, and could have easily fallen into some serious hardships uh, of crime and prison imprisonment or anything else. Yet, you know, he goes on to win. Let, let's go through the record. I mean, you know, Junior Worlds, 83 gold. World Cup took the silver. North American Championships, 87 and 85 took gold. Uh, Pan Am Games, 87 took the took the silver. Commonwealth Games, 86 gold. Seoul Olympic Super Heavyweight Division gold medalist. So he's nothing to sneeze at. No, he had an amazing career, and you make an interesting point in that, you know, he grew up um, in, in the east end of London uh, with no father, separated from his mom at a young age, who she moved to Canada. And um, and it was during the Brixton riots, so it's evocative of, you know, what was going on in the United States during that time and what went on, you know, uh, this past summer. And yet, for some fortunate reason, he ended up, moving to Canada, reunited with his mom, and it was the police department at the Kitchener, town of Kitchener Police Department, that actually ended up teaching him how to box and mentoring him. You also, in not only in the trailer, but in the documentary, you have Dr. Grace say that, you know, he was what people didn't expect from fighters because he was so articulate. And, you know, after a while, fighters become punchy, for a lack of a better term, you know, uh, the concussions, the shots to the head, everything else that they don't expect them to be as cognizantly sound. Um, and, you know, he's he's still healthy. But uh, unlike a lot of other fighters, Lewis was a smart fighter in that, again, at 6'5", he knew how to fight as somebody 6'5". He kept his distance. 
Um, why does that, why do you think that surprised people that he was so well spoken? Is that only because, you know, some people will look at it as the racial implication. Well, he's black. We didn't expect him to be so well spoken, which I hate that notion, but you know, that comes up a lot with, with, uh, certain instances, but also the fact that like, because he's a boxer, no one expects him to be that smart. Actually, I think this happens to be more, um, to do, to do with the fact that he's not American. Um, so he was British. He had this hoity-toity British accent. And even Frank Maloney, his promoter, tried to ham that up so that he'd play really well in the, in the British market. So they had him, you know, do ads where he's got his pinky up and he's drinking tea. And it sort of uh, cultivated this false image of him as this elite sort of erudite uh, British, uh, you know, um, countryman. And really, he, his life was no, not, you know, much different than Mike Tyson when it came to the hardships he had to deal with, the, the racism he had to deal with growing up. Uh, and really, like Rick was saying, the fortunate thing is that the cops in Kitchener, Ontario saw him, you know, as a person that, that could be redeemed and not as a threat because of the color of his skin or the place that he was born. And that really, I think, was the, the central theme that we wanted to make sure that uh, we hit upon in the movie, because it is so relevant right now. The way that cops treat young uh, kids with uh, with uh, brown skin is incredibly important in sh- how how their lives will will shape out. And, and I'm glad you guys were able to tell this story uh, with, with everything that's going on. You know, I mean, you you touch upon Don King in the documentary, and we all know that. Uh, Don has a rather interesting past, to put it politely, um, you know, which uh, which mucked up the image of boxing for for quite a many years. Um, when when you guys go back and revisit these fights and, and watch it again, does it put you in a state uh, of childhood where you were growing up watching Lewis and Tyson fight? Um, because you know, I I was a kid in the '80s and early '90s and got to watch these guys box. And was just fascinated by their two totally different styles. I mean, you know, Mike was, Mike was 5'10", a lot smaller, had to be an inside fighter. Lewis, again, 6'5", had to be an outside fighter. It wouldn't make sense for someone like Lewis to try to fight like Tyson. You know? I mean, it definitely inspired me as a kid. I would turn it over to Rick, though. He actually went to some of these fights. I mean, one of the things about Lennox is that he's an intellectual and he fights uh, with, a, with a game plan. And, um, and so, you know, sometimes his fights, you know, were very defensive, and and even though he had an amazing knockout record, um, he wasn't perceived as being as aggressive as, as Mike Tyson or Vander Holyfield, both of whom he beat. Um, but, you know, it was interesting to see his intellect, you know, not only in the ring, but outside the ring, and his, his, his sense of fairness and the way he treats other people. Um, he, he now has a... Uh, a charity um, that uh, um, that he works with that uses boxing as as a metaphor for for learning about life skills and uh, and so uh, it's called League of Champions. And it was also interesting to see when we uh, uh, directed the movie the uh, the the interface between uh, Lennox and Dr. Dre. Uh, I can tell you, I've worked with a lot of big stars. Dr. Dre is the most talented, creative, disciplined, and humble. Uh, uh, artist that I've ever worked with. It was incredible to see his discipline mm-hmm. and how much the narration. And it was interesting to see the dynamic between the two of, 
two of them. I mean, Lennox is actually a really good chess player, and the two of them uh, played out uh, chess in Dre's house several nights when we were filming. And, um, and Lennox is a, is a, is a, is a, has great strategy, both in the ring and on the chessboard. Man, that, see, that's amazing. You know, and it, what people forget, you know, they, they think Dr. Dre going all the way back to gangster rap era with NWA and then the chronic and then, you know, creating, creating aftermath records after leaving uh, death row and everything, you know, you don't become a billionaire by luck. So we, we totally understand his work ethic on top of everything else. Um, you know, this, this documentary is, is basically a highlight reel of Lennox's life because in order to tell the full story, we'd have to do 55 years worth of, uh, cinematography and filming to, to tell the full picture. Uh, what ended up on the cutting room floor that you really wanted to include in the documentary that just didn't fit the narrative that would be a great, say, Blu-ray feature? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, I, there's the, we, we delved into a lot of stuff um, – uh, in, in Lennox's past that ended up on the cutting room floor just because we couldn't spend too much time on his, on his youth. But really, um, his, his time in London growing up, we could have, we could have, you know, easily spent a half an hour on, um, just because the, the political and socioeconomic situation in London in the, in the 1970s is, is pretty complicated. Um, and it's, I think that's really where you know, you get this uh, dissociation with Lennox between his feeling and his ability to perform. Um, it, it kind of gives him this cold veneer. I mean, his mom abandoned him. He went through several different schools. He had a lot of different um, uh, hardships. I mean, you know, he was he was out there by himself, basically. And so during that time, he, he developed a, a sense of uh, sort of self-isolation or self um uh, containment so that he could protect himself, like mentally and emotionally. And it's amazing, you know, when he finally got back together with his mom that he didn't hold it against her. He's never uh he's never had an ill feeling towards her. It's almost like he he understood the the reason that she had to leave him and then bring him back and he's taken care of her ever since. And so that relationship from the very beginning was something that, you know, I think we 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 could have done more on, but of course, because there's so much of his life to cover, we had to, to make it pretty short. Right. Um, when, when interviewing Lennox and, and going through it, was there a point in filming the documentary and his interviews that he pulled back and said, you know what, maybe let's not touch about this, or took a 20-minute breather to come back to and say, all right, let's continue, you know, the, like the emotions swelled up for him? That's an interesting question. Uh, there were some areas, uh, Lennox, um, doesn't, uh, put his emotions on his sleeve. Um, sometimes, and this is something that Dr. Dre really, uh, he was, Dr. Dre was way more than a narrator. He was a co-conspirator in this project. And, um, one of the things that he insisted is that some of the emotional parts of the movie where Lennox is talking about his mom or his daughter, um, um, Dre was, uh, insistent that that we push him to that edge so we could get really to know the guy behind the scenes. And, uh, so it took a little work, um, and, and having Dr. Dre participate in that project because of Lennox's great respect for Dre and his success, um, made it easier to, to get some of that emotion out of Lennox. 
gentlemen, before I let you go, a uh, couple more questions. I know, um, you know, Lennox's reaction to the documentary once he finally saw the completed project is something we obviously have to know. Lennox was uh, thrilled once he saw the completed project, but it was a long road to get there. Um, we, we spent five years film, um, uh, and uh, Lennox and and his, uh, his his manager partner Josh Dubin, you know, worked with us to uh, to, to to try to draft a story that was that was uh, true to its word and and really exposed you know the man behind the, the facade and um, so. You know, pulling the curtain back was something that, that took some, some work, um, cause Lennox is not, uh, comfortable as a public figure. He's, he's pretty kind of reticent and reserved. He's very small spoken. I've known Lennox for 20 years. I've never seen him raise his voice, uh, and, uh, or display any kind of anger outside the ring. And, um, he's a humble guy and, 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 and in, in, in a lot of ways very introverted. So it took some work to, uh, to break down some of those barriers. But I think once we finally got done, both him and Dre were really excited with the finished product. I dig it. Uh, gentlemen, you know, the documentary is out now and available on Crackle and, and VOD platforms, or just Crackle as, as of right now. I think it'll probably expand to other VOD platforms. Uh, we're in Los Angeles and Southern California. We're on a three-week lockdown. Uh, I don't really – I think there's a UFC fight this weekend, but I'm not sure. Why should people tune in and check out the Lennox Lewis documentary, Lennox Lewis, The Untold Story? That's for you, Seth. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, it's, it's, it's a story that's not, um, more, more, it's about more than just boxing. But, uh, it has a lot of really incredible boxing scenes in it. So if you're, uh, looking for a walk down, uh, nostalgic memory lane, uh, this is definitely going to excite you. Um, it definitely was exciting for me to sort of drudge up this time in my past when I was younger. And, and the 90s was a, uh, an amazing time for um, uh, the, the heavyweight boxing division, um, you know, not just Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis. Um, you had Riddick Bowe. You had Tyrell Biggs. I mean, the, the list is, like, as long as my arm. Um, and all of the people that, that Lennox fought were pretty, you know, uh, um, uh, um, large challenges. They were, they were, uh, they were, they were big, uh, challenges for him. And he rose to the, to the occasion every time. So I would say, uh, hopefully if you're interested in checking out, um, you know, this era in heavyweight boxing, you'll not only learn a lot, but you'll have a lot of fun. And you'll we'll also dig into some, you know, important topical issues. Uh, such as uh, overcoming challenges and being a tolerant and accepting person along the way. Oh, one more thing before I forget. Um, you know, you touched upon in the documentary racism and what was going on in England and what he faced in Canada on top of everything else. And in the United States, because we're practically the size of Europe, you know, the, the country itself is just a little bit smaller than the entire continent. Um, we kind of think that racism is only an American issue. Uh, what was the reaction for critics and other and other viewers to realize that this is an international situation, not just North America? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that that makes this the story about more than just boxing. Um, you know, uh, I have I have a 
a background in history. And so for me, it was really important to make sure that we were drawing those connections and letting the audience understand that issues like racism, uh, issues like anti-immigration or anti-LGBT is not exclusively American, even though it's very prevalent in America right now. This is a problem that exists in Europe and exists all over the world. And part of the way that you fight that is you expose it and you, you, you laud heroes like Lennox Lewis, who is able to rise above it, who is able to accomplish great things, even with great obstacles in his way. And all the while, he's able to maintain a positive demeanor. He's a very uh, open and accepting person. Um, uh, you know, he's not the train wreck. And I guess that that doesn't, you know, draw our attention as much. But really, he is a person that deserves uh he deserves a chance to be looked at and 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 to uh, to follow his story, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on the documentary, uh, Rick Lazis, who is one of the co-directors and one of the producers on the project. Seth Cook, one the other co-director and one of the co-writers on the project, narrated by Dr. Dre. Lennox Lewis, the untold story is now on Crackle. Gentlemen, congratulations on everything and all your success. And I love boxing documentaries and I love humanizing these people because we only see them in the ring. We don't see what it takes to get them there. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. All right. And if Thank you, you want, uh, want to share your social media handles, please uh, feel free. Yep. I'm at Seth Cook underscore films uh, um, at Twitter. And I'm at uh, RickLasses.com. Perfect. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a great day.